eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. See Sparky Pfeiffer from 1250 AM, The Fan, beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin. How the heck are we doing here on a, a winning Bucks game one night as the Bucks win 118 to 117? Nathan Marzian uh, not with me tonight. Uh, he was at the Bucks game uh, tonight at Fiserv Forum seeing the debut of Damian Lillard. And what a debut it was uh, for Lillard and the Milwaukee Bucks. Something that I don't think you could have drawn it up any better. Uh, if you're Damian Lillard, uh, or if you're a fan of Damian Lillard or this Milwaukee Bucks team, I mean, think about it. Damian Lillard comes out and gets 39 points, eight boards, four assists in his very first game uh, as a member of the Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis. Oh, Giannis, Giannis, Giannis. Giannis is going to have to uh, maybe make some adjustments here going forward. 23 points, 13 boards. Uh, three assists on the night for Giannis. Uh, and again, if you look at the box score, you know, 10 of 22, uh, that's, that's not horrible, right? I mean, it's under 50%. That's not the issue. This is the issue. The issue is we cannot have Giannis going one on five anymore with Lillard on the floor. Now, again, if it's Giannis and Connaughton and Bochamp and Campaign uh, and so- Robin Lopez or something, okay, fine. I, I guess uh, I'll look past it if that's how we're going to do it. But when it's Giannis and Lillard and Middleton and Brooke Lopez and whoever else is out there, Bochamp, Connaughton, Beasley, don't care who the other guy is, you can't go one on five, dude. Like, we're done with this. It's all done. That is not true, Holiday. That is Damian freaking Lillard. Stop. That's enough. No more of one on five stuff. You have guys open all over the place when you do that. You can go to the rim. Multiple times, Crowder was open in that corner. He could obviously see Crowder in the corner. Pass the basketball. Please pass the basketball. Second thing. These three-point shots are going to drive me batty if this is going to continue to be a thing. Like, there's just no reason for it. None. Now, again, if you're up 15, you want to take a three, you fine. Go ahead. Take your three. But in a close game... No pull-up threes at the beginning of shot clocks and dumb shots like that. That's just, that's unnecessary. Now, again, if it's, you know, three, four, five seconds left, right, and they're sagging off you, daring you to take a shot, 
and nobody else can seemingly get open to get the ball from you, then fine, take the shot. Have at it. But I'm telling you right now, like times are changing. Giannis has to adapt to having Damian Lillard on his basketball team. This is not any more of, well, if I pass the ball to Holiday, maybe he'll make something happen. And Middleton, you know, he plays 16 minutes tonight, and that was it for Middleton. And Mark uh, on, on YouTube uh, leaves a comment, uh, streaming live on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page, by the way, and he says, what's up with Middleton? Middleton, who prior to training camp, Adrian Griffin said, oh, he was fine. He's good. Yeah, everybody's ready to go. Here we go. Then we get to training camp, and Middleton doesn't practice forever. Then finally gets to practicing, gets in a couple of preseason games at the end. Uh, and now he's on a minutes restriction here as well. So we're still dealing with the knee thing that we were dealing with before. Even though they say he's fine, they're slowly ramping him up to get right. Man, look, as Nathan Marzian, who is off tonight because he was at the Bucks game, uh, has said numerous times, who cares? Who cares how long it takes Middleton to get going? You need Middleton to be good and strong and going, going into the playoffs, right? This regular season it isn't about Milton playing 30 minutes a night necessarily. It's more about making sure Middleton and Lillard and Giannis are all healthy uh, at the end and ready to go into the postseason. That's what you want. So fine. So we deal with that. But back to Giannis. One on five. No, no more. That, that, that needs to stop, especially when Lillard is out there with Middleton and Brooke. No more of that. No more of this early three-point shots either. I, I don't want to see any more of that either. There's no need for that. You have a premier basketball player with you. Now, we have to act like he is a premier offensive basketball player. He single-handedly almost went on a run all by himself in the second quarter. What was it, like 29-6, to 29-4 run, something like that? And 15 of those points were Lillard. And then in the last quarter, 14 points on that big run that they made. That was all Damian Lillard, too, at the end of the game. Understand who you're playing with. I mean, I know you say, I want Dame to be Dame. Cool. Then you can't continue to play like he's not on the floor. Like, I get you want to get your shots, Giannis. I'm down with it. You're MVP and everything else. But man, sometimes tonight I was just shaking my head. And then you you want to force stuff. You turn it over. It was frustrating watching him play tonight. It was. And it's only a regular season game, right? So it doesn't really matter. But in the pregame on TNT, when it was Shaq and Charles Barkley and those guys, and they were having a conversation about how these two guys have to learn how to play together, right? And they're talking about the fact that they both have to be who they are. One can't, you know, bow down to the other. They both just have to go put up their points and let everybody around them adjust to how they play. At the time, I said, okay. After watching this game, no. Giannis has to make an adjustment. He's going to be the one that needs to make the adjustment. He has to start to play smarter basketball. He just does. And I'm not saying he's a dumb player, but you can't continue to run into a massive humanity and try and throw up a shot or run into two defenders on purpose and throw up a prayer. Can't have it. Just can't. That, that has to stop. Damian Lillard, unbelievable, right? Unbelievable. He didn't look great in preseason. Lights went on. Give me the ball and get out of my way. And that's exactly what they should do. The Lillard Giannis pick and roll and what that's all going to look like. Saw it a little bit. There wasn't a bunch special about any of it necessarily. 
We'll see how that continues to develop going forward. Again, this offense got in its best rhythm in the second quarter when Giannis was on the bench watching. That's what they got on that run with that great ball movement. And everybody's like, oh, this is great. I can't wait. And I said to people that were texting me, okay, fine. It, it's the first half of game one. Let's see how this ball movement looks, you know, 10, 20, 30 games in the season. Will it consistently be that same way? That's what we're going to have to wait and see. The one that we don't have to wait and see, this is a better basketball team than it has been the last two years because Damian Lillard is on this damn basketball team. Period. End of story. If you're watching on YouTube, on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page, you got questions, you got comments on the Bucks game tonight, leave it uh, in the comments section. I'll read them uh, right here on the podcast. Uh, and again, if uh, you are listening to this uh, later, after the fact, maybe you're listening to this Friday morning uh, when we post these on the Odyssey uh, app or wherever you download your favorite podcast, uh, don't forget, anytime uh, if you follow me on Twitter or if you follow Nathan Marzian or 1250 AM The Fan, I will uh, tweet out from time to time that, hey, we're going to do be doing a live post-game show after games, and we plan on doing more of these uh, this year than we did last year in our first year. And again, fan base has doubled uh, as far as listeners go uh, from last year to this year, so thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you uh, for everybody tuning in and checking out uh, the podcast. Other things to get to uh, on the podcast besides just that. Let's talk a little bit about what happened at the end of the the first half, right? Those last four minutes or whatever it was, where they decided, or was it the four minutes of the third quarter? I think it was maybe the four minutes of the third quarter, whatever. I think it was the third quarter, where he decided that he was just going to pretty much let his bench all play together. The, the point of all of this staggering stuff in the beginning of the game, right? Giannis goes out four or five minutes into the game and everybody goes out in sequence. So then Lillard's by himself. And then when Lillard goes out, Giannis comes in and he's by himself with his bench guys. And then you continue to bring this up. Okay. And then they eventually all come together and that's how you end the half or whatever. You can't have three or four minutes with none of them on the floor. Like you it can't happen. You cannot do that. And I get it. You're going into the fourth. You want everybody rested and ready to go and so forth. And you had a nice lead. So you're feeling comfortable and poof, away it went because you had your entire bench on the floor at the same time. That type of stuff should not happen. It should not happen unless and only if, right, you're up by like 30 points or something. Then fine, go play your whole bench. Or everybody's in foul trouble and you have to. But voluntarily, no, I, I don't I, I don't voluntarily want to ever see that again. The other thing that I, I find interesting in this whole thing is Marjan Bochamp versus Pat Connaughton. I want to see how minutes are going to play for these two going forward. Because Marjan Bochamp there in the first half, he gave you some good minutes. He I didn't think he'd come in that early. I didn't think they were going to put him on Max and go, go guard the dude. Like I, I didn't see that coming. So that tells me that Adrian Griffin and this staff, they trust him. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. They trust Marshawn Bochamp. And as much as Nathan and I were kind of like, eh, yeah, we'll see about Bochamp. Yeah, we'll see. Okay, maybe. Maybe we'll see how he goes. They clearly trust him more than we do at this point. There's no question. They trust Marjan Bochamp. And it's going to come down to, I think, between Bochamp and Pat Connaughton for legitimate minutes off of the bench this season because Bochamp came in early. And Pat Connaughton had that great block from behind uh, there at the end of the game. If you know me, you know I'm not a huge Pat Connaughton fan, right? He's a great hustle guy. Uh, Other than that, he's erratic from outside. When he gets going, it's great, right? Then you love him. Uh, When he misses a couple, you know it's probably going to go that way for a majority of the night. Uh, so he's frustrating to me to watch. I get why he's out there, right? I, he's a glue guy. These guys all love playing with him. Lillard played with him. Giannis loves him. Bud loved him when he was the coach. So I get it. I understand. But if Marjan Bochamp, with his length, can provide good, solid defense uh, and be that guy that can get out and run and, and provide some different stuff, I'm I'm good with it. Like, I, you want to throw him in there and see what happens? I'm all for it. I got another one here. Sparky, I love Drew, but I don't think we win tonight with him on this team besides Damian Lillard. 1,000% accurate. No questions. And I tweeted it out uh, at some point during the game at Sparky Radio, and I said, guys, normally when Giannis struggles, this offense isn't very good, and they lose. And that was not the case tonight. Giannis was not great offensively, as we talked about to start this podcast, and yet the Bucks. Still were out in front at that point of that tweet. They were still up by like oh, six or eight or whatever it was when I tweeted that out. Now, eventually the Sixers came back and, and got the lead for a second. But for the most part, even with Giannis not having a great offensive night uh, at, at any stretch, really, uh, they were still able to overcome it and win it. And no, Drew Holiday's not going for 39 points in this game like this. Like, this is, <laughs> again, like if you all, and I know there are some Bucks fans that, did not stay up and watch Damian Lillard on the Portland Trailblazers, right? How many people are watching Trailblazers games for the last 10 years? I don't know. Probably not a lot. And that's fine if if that is the case, that you weren't having a lot of people watching the, uh, the Trailblazers. But this is what this dude is, man. I'm not saying he's going to get 39 every night, but what I am telling you is he is going to be the guy at the end of games. I promise you, he's going to be the guy. This is not going to be, and it better not ever be, Giannis dribbling the ball for five seconds, spawning the air out of the ball, and then deciding, here we go, and I'm running hard at the rim, trying to go through everybody. That's done. Like, the ball will always be in Lillard's hands, regardless of the situation, to end a game every time when the game on the line. It has to be. Now, he can make the decision if he wants to drive and kick to somebody or what he wants to do. I trust Damian Lillard's decision on what he wants to do. Without question, I trust it. Uh, Rainbow Trout says, why doesn't Giannis improve in the offseason? His shot is no better. Maybe it's worse. Yeah, I don't know. Look, I, 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 can't, I can't sit here and tell you that the man doesn't work because he does work. He works his tail end off. If you talk to everybody over in that organization, he's the hardest working guy they've probably ever seen in their careers for most part. This dude works at 
huge high levels. Like Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, these guys works at that high of a level. Now, you know, has he reached his ceiling? This is as good as he's going to get as far as shooting the basketball and all of that stuff. Maybe, maybe it is. I don't know, you know, how you get to the next level. I agree. It feels like he's kind of hit his ceiling as far as what that jump shot's going to be uh, kind of going forward. Because it really doesn't feel like it's changed much the last several years, right? Not that much. Without looking at percentages, just watching him, it doesn't appear it changed all that much. But that's okay. Because he can win and dominate games in other areas other than having to take a 15 or 18 foot jump shot or a three point shot. He can win games in other ways and still be a dominant player. And to me, you had him go work with Hakeem Olajuwon. I promise you, they did not work on, okay, I shouldn't say I promise, I wasn't there. I would assume that Hakeem Olajuwon was not showing him how to shoot a three-point shot the entire time they were working. Now, I would assume if you're going to work out with Hakeem Olajuwon that we are practicing playing with the ball in the post, learning a move here, learning a move there with my back to the basket, in double-team situations, what to do. They ran three dudes at him. He spun baseline, scored. Beautiful. Beautiful. That's what you want to see. Play, let Giannis play within 10, 12 feet of the, of the hoop. That's where you want him to be. Personally, that's where I want him to be. Now, some of you who were mad at Jason Kidd for telling him not to shoot threes, maybe you still want him to shoot five to 10 threes and hope it works. I'm off that train, never been on that train, never wanted to that train to even start to begin with. But if you worked with Hakeem, now let me see what you've done. Let me see what you worked on. Let's give Giannis an opportunity to be that guy. Now, maybe they didn't want to do that tonight because Joel Embiid's out there and they didn't feel comfortable putting him in that situation. So maybe we see something of what he worked on with Hakeem at some point. But I would be interested in knowing what exactly you worked on as far as adding to your game or whatever the case was. Or was this a situation where you went and talked to, to Hakeem and it was, yeah, some physical, but it was more the mental the, the mental part of it and, and learning different situations on the court. And Hakeem was teaching you that type of stuff of what to look for. Maybe it was more of that than it was actually physical. Don't know, but I, I'd love to hear more uh, about that. Uh, let's see here. Another one from Joshua. That was one of the worst games I've seen from Giannis, but once Dame and Giannis gain chemistry, it's over. Yes. And that, that's the thing. We talk about this Giannis one-on-five stuff and all of that. Damian Lillard is going to fix this. I'm telling you right now, he's going to fix it. Remember the Damian Lillard quote of, you know, I'm probably going to piss off Giannis at some point, and then we'll see where this kind of goes from there. And Giannis being Giannis, so he can't piss me off. He's Damian Lillard. Why would I ever be mad at Damian Lillard? Well, I'll tell you right now, if this keeps happening the way it did tonight, at some point, Damian Lillard is going to be like, dude, you've got to trust the rest of us. Like, you can't continue to run into five guys and not pass the basketball. Like, this cannot be a thing all year. You're going to drive me nuts. And it's one thing, you know, if he's going and he's going to force something and everybody's covered, but that's never the case because they always collapse on them. And once they collapse, pick your guy to throw it to and get rid of it. Just Shaq was saying the exact same thing, the exact same thing Shaq was saying about Joel Embiid at halftime of this game on TNT. Shaq was saying these guys on the outside, when Embiid got doubled, they got to be where they're supposed to be for Embiid to get them the ball. They can't be indecisive. They got to be where they're supposed to be. Same thing. 
When Giannis goes, everybody's got to be in whatever spot they're going to be in so Giannis can get you the ball and not force up some crazy circus shot or draw a foul or a charge or something crazy. And I know they won. I get that they won. And I get Damian Lillard was all of that. But if this team is going to go where we want it to go, Giannis is going to have to knock some of this crap off. We've watched it his whole career. He's done it forever. But he's going to have to stop doing some of this stuff going forward if this offense is truly going to be what everybody wants it to be, which is passing the basketball, swinging the basketball, guys getting their open shots, and spacing the floor. That is what it has to be. I mean, there was that one possession late where Giannis goes up, throws up a horrible shot, I think, but throws up a shot, misses it, gets it back, throws up another shot, misses that, gets the rebound back, finally passes it out to Lillard, who drains the three. But see, that's the thing he's got to understand. When you go crashing in, there's people open all over the court. Now you just got to make up your mind where you're going with it and then go from there. And once Middleton can actually play legitimate minutes, a guy that he knows and trusts, if he's over there on the on the, on the the wing as he's driving and he's open, I'm guessing Yaz will have a lot easier time throwing it to him versus maybe Crowder. With all due respect to Jay, who was there, you know, second half of last year, uh, who looked much better tonight, I think, than what he looked like last year. Crowder looks better. And I'm happy Crowder looks better. Very happy. Got somebody else asking about uh, Middleton. Middleton uh, was is on a minutes restriction still uh, coming off that knee thing. So that's going to take time before you get Middleton up to 30 minutes. I'm guessing, I don't know, uh, maybe by the end of next week, early the following week, maybe we'll finally get him up to around 30 minutes or somewhere in that area. I mean, they all they all say he's fine and he's healthy, but yet he's on a minutes restriction and they're taking their time to ramp him up. And as I said at the beginning of the podcast, that Nathan Marzian and I both agree with uh, that take your time. No rush. You just need him for the playoffs. Need him healthy for the playoffs. That's that's the one thing you have to have. Now, the one thing I don't want to see happen is I don't want to see Middleton missing five, six games a month, not playing at all, right? That's what you don't want to see because that means there's something more going on, something nagging if he can't play, you know, legitimately. So we're going to have to uh, wait and see about that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, got another one here from DeWan who said, how about the defense by Marjan? I totally agree. Uh, and, and again, that's something else that I mentioned earlier. Marjan versus Pat Connaughton. I think we'll see going forward. I think there's a chance Marjan's going to steal Pat Connaughton's job. I do. I think there's a legit chance that he is going to take that man's job before we get to maybe even the All-Star break. Uh, I'm not going to say Christmas. I want to say Christmas, but he looked good tonight, guys. He really did. He looked way better than I thought he was going to look. Uh, and if you know he can play good defense and be where he's supposed to be, that may be enough for him to get that job. It may be. Uh, and we're going to have to see how this whole thing plays out. Here's another one for you. How about the defense that the Bucks played? This is not Bud's defense. No, no, no. This is not Bucks defense. This defense is running doubles at everybody, swarming everybody. 
playing so close to you, you can smell the dude's gum if he's chewing gum. That's how up in your their grill they are. This is much different than what we saw from Boone Holzer. And this, this defense here, two things. One, you're going to create more turnovers on deflections because some dudes are going to panic uh, and make a bad decision. And you saw it tonight. Bucks players getting the ball thrown right to them and going back the other way because somebody made a bad decision. So it's going to create more turnovers. But the other thing it's going to do is it's going to lead to more wide open shots, uncontested shots in some situations. I saw people on Twitter going, oh my God, we're giving up all these threes. What's the difference? Well, there's a big difference. Before, we're running and chasing, but we weren't doing anything aggressive, trying to create turnovers, trying to be a difference on the defensive side of the ball. Now we are. So now if you get burned and somebody's open, it's probably because you went to double a guy to try to create a turnover or create a bad situation. That person made a great pass to a wide open guy and he hit it. And when you run that defense, you live with that and go, okay, fine. But you're gambling that you're going to create more mistakes than you're going to give up. Weren't you excited watching this game going, oh my God, look at this. We're actually doubling Joel Embiid. And at one point, and they called a foul, but Embiid was backing up Giannis. Giannis was guarding Joel Embiid. And here comes Damian Lillard in to swipe the ball away or whatever. That type of stuff is what I love. I love to see this. We talk about the Packers all the time, how we play five yards off the wide receiver, 10 yards off the wide receiver. Why can't we be aggressive and play man-to-man and be more physical? Well, this is the defense Adrian Griffin and Coach Matumbo uh, are bringing to Milwaukee. I like it. Are are there going to be some nights where guys are going to be in foul trouble because of how aggressive they are? Yes. but. I think that's going to be early. And I think by the time you get to the playoffs, providing they stay consistent, by the time you get to the playoffs, that is going to be the accepted way of how the Bucs play defense. And if that's the accepted way of how the Bucs play defense, that they're known as a physical defensive team that's going to play up, they're going to be slapping, they're going to be doing all this stuff. These referees, by the time you get to the playoffs, are going to look the other way on some of this stuff. On some of this tic-tac stuff, they're going to be like, that's who they are. That's how they play. Like, it is what it is. I'm not blowing my whistle every two seconds because of how aggressive they are. I'm just not. I'll, I'll get the obvious ones. But outside of that, some of this other Tic Tac stuff, I'm not I'm not calling because they're all doing the same thing. I'm not blowing my whistle every five seconds. So if you can maintain an identity of being a physical style defense, those referees, when you get to the postseason, that have done your games all year, are going to let you slide for the most part on a lot of this stuff, are going to let you get away with a lot of this stuff. And then it's really going to benefit yourself. I would be shocked if this Bucks team doesn't create significantly more turnovers this year than what they did last year. Significantly more. Significantly more turnovers. I mean, it is a beautiful thing to watch, folks. I'm telling you right now, you are going to love this. I mean, of, of everything tonight that we saw, right, the only big issue I have was only with Giannis. And that's an MVP, multiple-time MVP. That's the best player in Bucks history, in my opinion. Best player in Bucks history. And it's just a couple of things that he has to learn not to do now that he has Lillard, right? Outside of that, the rest of this, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know how you possibly can be angry at this point. I think you have to be fairly optimistic and happy with what you saw. And again, the 76ers 
are going to be a team. They're going to get better throughout the year. Remember, they got a new coach, Nick Nurse, just like the Bucs have an Adrian Griffin. This is a difficult matchup, I think, right off the bat for Adrian Griffin because you're coaching a guy against a guy that has been your mentor for the last several years. You know him. He knows you. You both are going to try and do the same type of stuff defensively. So it's kind of like coaching against a mirror uh, for Adrian Griffin. And you came out and you won because you have Damian Lillard. That's that's why you won, plain and simple, at the end of the day. It is so much fun to be a Milwaukee Bucks fan right now. It is so much fun to be a Milwaukee Bucks fan right now watching this. How about instant replay and how this whole thing is playing out this year uh, for instant replay? They overturned a call in this game to the Bucks' favor because they said Brooke Lopez and Joel Embiid had marginal contact. Now, as a Bucks fan, love it. Great call. Great call. Yeah, yeah. Great call. Great. Yeah. And they give the ball to the Bucks, which doesn't make any sense either. But either way, Bucks benefit. This is my big concern about this. Where exactly is it going to be determined what marginal contact is of whether or not you overturn a foul call? You want to talk about a gray area. You want to talk about a slippery slope. You want to talk about conspiracy theories about referees and NBA games and all this other stuff. Now you're going to allow these refs to determine marginal contact and whether or not that's deemable for a whistle to be blown at this point. I, I, I'm telling you right now, it worked to the Bucks' benefit. I don't think I'm a fan of this going forward, though. I don't. And the other thing I don't like, I don't like it taking forever to make a decision on what is going on. That last replay took forever. And then Stan Van Gunny's on the air guessing, wrongly, about what they decided based on the body language and you know what they were talking about by the referees. Uh, but no, I, I don't. I don't like this "quote unquote" marginal contact. So we're taking back the foul that we the the whistle that we blew. That that is that is something else. That is something else. I think when you when you talk about it from this perspective again, if you're just tuning in, this is Green and Growing podcast. Uh, you can listen to it on your Odyssey app. Uh, on usually uh, it's Monday and Friday or Monday and Thursday nights we do it. So it's available on Tuesday and Friday mornings. Download it on your Odyssey app or anywhere you download your favorite podcast at. Uh, we always normally live stream these bad boys here on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page, so you can check out a lot of the YouTube videos we've done in the past if you missed any of them. Nathan Marzian is normally my co-host. Follow him at Nathan Marzian. However, tonight he went to the Bucks game, so he wasn't available uh, to join me tonight here on the podcast, but there was no way I could not do the podcast tonight uh, after this game. Just impossible. Uh, Joshua said, if people noticed when the Bucks went on runs, it was with Crowder on the floor. And that needs to start hitting wide open shots. Uh, I, yes, I I agree. And that's why I am telling you, I think Marjan at some point here may get his job before it's all said and done. I, I do. I, I think there is a possibility that you may see that happen here as as we go forward. Uh, and got some people here agreeing with me on the uh, re- review stuff uh, being horrible. Adrian Griffin. Saw some people on Twitter saying, oh, I'd rather have Nick Nurse. Why? Based on what? Like, if if you're on YouTube right now and you're watching and you think that Adrian Griffin made mistakes, tell me. Tell me what. Tell me what he did wrong that you didn't like. Outside of having the whole bench on the floor at one time for like three or four minutes. Okay, I agree. That was knucklehead. That should not happen. 
providing Giannis, Lillard, and Middleton are healthy and not in foul trouble, one of those guys should always be out there. I'm with you 100%. Outside of that, why would there be people mad at Adrian Griffin for at this point? Because I, I don't, again, I, I'm not some basketball savant by any stretch of the imagination. So if you could point out to me why you're mad and why you think Nick Nurse is so much better, okay, well, let me hear it. You know, comment here on the YouTube page if you're listening. Uh, and if you're listening to this after the fact, tweet me at Sparky Radio uh, or at Nathan Marzion if you want to tweet at him uh, and tell us why you think that you'd rather have Nick Nurse over Adrian Griffin. Because I, I think, you know, for the most part, this Bucks team played fairly well. So I, I just, I, I am so excited for this season. So excited. Because this is the first real game where we've seen them all on the floor. And we still haven't seen them all on the floor with Middleton playing 30 minutes. So as they continue to play, and as the chemistry continues to build, and you see them continuously trying to kind of anticipate where the other one's going to be. And they start making these great anticipation passes, which they can't make really right now because they really haven't played together. Yes, training camp, that's not the same thing as a regular season game. So let's just get that out there, out of the way first, because defenses are going to be changing and so forth. So once that happens, then this offense is going to go to another level. Speaking of Adrian Griffin, that man came out and played a zone later in that game. Change it up and said, I'm going to go zone. Let's see what they do with this. Love that. How could you not love that? That's showing them something they haven't shown the whole game. Have not seen the whole game. Now, if you're in a Bucks opponent, you got to know, okay, they're going to they're gonna try and play zone on us from time to time. You know, how are we going to handle that after they're up in your grill, they're running doubles, they're doing all this stuff, and now they come back and they go, okay, go ahead, shoot. Let's see what you do with this. That's the stuff that I like, right? And with again, with all due respect to Boonholzer, this defense that Griffin is playing, to me, it's going to have a bigger payoff than how they play defense under Bud. I really believe that's going to be true. And at the end of the day, that is why people are going to be excited about this coaching staff. Now, could Adrian Griffin make mistakes? Sure. But let me give you a, a quick word of advice here. Let's say Adrian Griffin draws up a bad play coming out of a timeout. Do you want to know what the eraser to that is? Damian Lillard. So even if he draws up something that doesn't work all that great, Lillard by himself is good enough to where it's like, okay, this isn't going to work. So I'm just going to create and do something myself. May make it, may miss it. Either way, you're still feeling comfortable because Lillard has that opportunity. Where before, if something was drawn up wrong and looked ugly, who was that guy that was going to get you out of it? I mean, Middleton sometimes. But outside of that, Giannis wasn't going to be able to do something on his own most of the time. And Drew once in a while could. But again, it's not Damian Lillard. That's the biggest difference, right? That That is the biggest difference to this whole thing. I don't know about you, but in the beginning of this game, when the Bucs didn't look all that good in the first quarter, Lillard wasn't getting the ball, and everybody else was taking shots. And I tweeted out, I said, I don't know about you, but I would like to see Lillard more involved in the offense, right? Take some more shots. They come out of that timeout, and then Lillard goes on this run to start the big run in the second quarter, and away we go. I remember back in the day, Sam Cassell, when he was a member of the Milwaukee Bucks, he always wanted to get Glenn and Ray kind of going early in the game, Glenn Robinson and Ray Allen, because if they get going offensively, 
than they tended to be more locked in defensively. And they were feeling good about themselves with a couple of early baskets. And then Sam would find his offense as they went. That's kind of how it would go. And say what you want about Sam Cassell. Dude's super smart. And that's why I wanted him to be the head coach of the Bucs. Either way, it didn't work out. So, if I'm Adrian Griffin, and I, I'm, you know, Joe Prunty and these guys on his coaching staff, I want Damian Lillard to take, I don't know, three of the first six shots, three of the first seven shots, something like that. I'm drawing up a couple of things to make sure Lillard gets a couple of shots early in the game. The one thing I don't want is I don't want Lillard to be the one guy that gets up one shot in the first six, seven minutes of a basketball game. Meanwhile, Giannis is throwing up four. Milton has two. Uh, Brooke Lopez has two. And Lillard has one. No. Lillard should be the guy that gets going early. And then everybody feeds off of Lillard at that point. Let Lillard be the guy to get this offense going. And then again, everybody falls in line behind Damian Lillard. And I know that sounds crazy when we start talking about, you know, Giannis being an MVP. Uh, and I'm saying Damian Lillard should be the guy that, that gets this offense going at the beginning of games by taking some shots early. But that's that's the best way for this to work, in my opinion, for a couple of different reasons. Because if Giannis doesn't have the ball and doesn't have the want to go drive over people and possibly pick up early fouls, then Giannis isn't in foul trouble early, number one. Number two, Lillard by himself can get you on a 10-0 run, 12-0 run by scoring eight of the 10 or 10 of the 12 points by himself and being that instant offense. I just don't, I don't, I didn't like how the game started out where he was kind of just like ignored in the offense and everybody else that has played together was doing their thing. And then finally out of that timeout, Giannis went to the bench and away we went and, you know, Damian Lillard kind of took over. That's what you want to see earlier in the game when they're both on the floor. And again, I think you will over the course of time. I think it's just going to take an adjustment uh, and some learning from everybody to kind of see how this whole thing plays out. Now let's see what it looks like, you know, coming up uh, in game two. And obviously we're doing this, so I've not seen the press conferences uh, of what Adrian Griffin has to say, what Giannis has to say, what Lillard and these guys all have to say. But pretty far up, pretty excited to see what this Bucks team is going to look like going forward. That'll do it uh, for a post-game podcast for you. Bucks get the victory tonight, 118-117. to 117. Lillard, 39 points, 8 boards, 4 assists on the night. Again, don't forget to download this on your Odyssey app or you download your favorite podcast app. Enjoy the rest of your night. Have a good one. Toodles.